0: Good morning, Orlando. Friday morning at 6. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch. Thanks for coming by. Here's our first check on Orlando's news, weather and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger,
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, protesters shut down Spencer's speech, and the Northern California fires may be contained by early next week. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: And I'll give you my choice of the winners and the losers in Gainesville, and my pick for big loser may surprise you. It's next on Good Morning Orlando.
1: And good Friday morning. It's 601 on News Radio 1025. White supremacist Richard Spencer survived jeers, catcalls and loud protests inside a meeting hall at the University of Florida. Spencer accused the crowd yesterday of trying to stifle free speech.
2: We are stronger than you and you all know it. That's why you're ganging up here like some kind of mob in order to prevent me from saying something.
1: He later took questions from a small audience that was mostly against his appearance. As his speech was wrapping up, a group of a dozen men sitting near the front were escorted safely out of the theater. Outside, protesters chased a man wearing a swastika T-shirt to a Hilton hotel where law enforcement officers plucked him up and got him out of the crowd's reach. There were at least two arrests, including an Orlando man with a gun that authorities say was hired to work security at the Spencer event. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank.
0: And I guess the good news out of Gainesville, and we'll talk about, as I say, the good news and the not-so-good news as I see it, is that we didn't have the kind of mayhem that we saw in Charlottesville and everybody had feared. And when that, that is that is truly something we're thankful for this morning, isn't it, Deb?
1: Absolutely. We're, everyone was so fearful that we did not want to be the next Charlottesville because this is Richard Spencer's first appearance, not only on a college campus but also his first Since that incident in August in Charlottesville. Yep. And uh, other news, uh, fire officials now say those deadly fires burning in Northern California should all be contained by early next week. Cal Fire bosses say they expect crews to have complete containment on Tuesday. The fires that started the night of October 8th have burned nearly a quarter million acres In the wine country of Napa and Sonoma counties and other areas north of San Francisco, at least 42 people are dead, including a firefighter, and three dozen are still missing. The fires have destroyed almost 7,000 homes and businesses. In the meantime, weather forecasters say the winter might not be too bad. In its winter weather outlook, the National Weather Service predicted that most of the country will likely see a warmer than average winter. The southwest, the deep south, and the New England areas have the best chance at a mild weather. Uh, The Pacific Northwest and the northern plains will likely see cooler than normal temperatures this winter. If the forecast comes to pass, it'll be the third straight winter of mild temperatures. Forecasters also say a La Nina is likely this year. Uh, Alabama has executed a convicted cop killer. Tory McNabb was on Alabama's death row for killing Montgomery police officer Anderson Gordon in 1997. McNabb's final words were that he hated the state of Alabama and that he then raised both his middle fingers before he was put to death by lethal injection last night. And local news, while Disney World employees are taking their demands for more money to the streets. Hundreds of them showed up for a rally at the resort's crossroads entrance, blocking traffic as they marched through crosswalks and chanted Disney workers need a raise. The rally went on for two hours before Orange County Sheriff's deputies broke it up. The workers' union is demanding a 37% pay raise, while Disney is offering an increase of 2.5%. And finally, it turns out that creepy clown story in Volusia County was just that a story.
0: I remember when you brought that to us. Yes,
1: because you and I talked about how, you know, Volusia County Sheriff's Office had tweeted out that if you're going to be an evil or creepy clown, don't expect law enforcement to have your back, you know, in case the person you try to surprise ends up defending themselves. Well, if you're not familiar with this story, the sheriff's office said that an 11-year-old boy had claimed he was chased by a clown last Friday, the 13th, but it turns out he made it all up. The boy had said that while riding home on his bike in Deltona, a clown came out of the bushes and tried to grab him. The boy even claimed he beat the clown with his selfie stick until he was able to ride away, and the clown ran back into the bushes. Nothing to it. Nothing to it. No word on why he had to tell the story. Jeez. WFLA news time at 6.06, and you can read about firefighters singing a stirring hymn as they march into battle wildfires at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: News, weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Jeff, I can't wait to check that out on the website. I also can't wait to see the movie that is so timely, Only the Brave, about yeah. the hot shots who fight the worst of the wildfires coming on the heels of all that's gone down in Northern California. It's supposed to be a great movie. Yeah, he doesn't that come out this weekend... Am I right that only the brave flick? I'll have to check. I'm not sure. I think I so. I believe
1: it's, it's been out. Yeah, it's about the. Well, I think uh, it has 16. limited
0: distribution, but then it's going to be seen in more theaters, I believe.
1: Okay, yeah. And it's yeah. about the firefighters that we lost the last severe round of wildfires in the uh, out west. Yeah.
0: These absolutely. are the guys that
1: actually jump in the middle of wildfires.
0: Yeah. They're,
1: They're phenomenal. They
0: really are. They are truly, truly heroic. Yep.
3: Yeah, it does come out today, actually. Got it. Cool.
0: Thanks a lot. Deb, catch you a little bit later here, and you've got an unbelievable story you're gonna get into here at six thirty in Central Florida that, that that evokes frightening
1: comparisons to the Las Vegas killer, doesn't it? In it some really ways. does. It's It's got a lot of law enforcement officials uh, on the Gulf Coast very concerned. If you haven't
0: heard this, it's out of Dunedin, and you need to hear it. You will hear from the sheriff out that way when Deb brings us the news at the bottom of the hour, right? Absolutely. We'll have that then, and you do not want to miss that. So we talked about what happened and didn't happen in Gainesville yesterday. The winners and the losers as I see it, and I think some of you may be surprised at my pick for big loser in Gainesville. I'd love to know what you think about it all, the Richard Spencer appearance and all that surrounded it and how it all came down. 407-916-5400 if you want to get in early on our hot topic number one of the morning. Or text me at 23680. Never busy. Standard message and data rates apply. The Budman, the Deb Meister, and Yaffe here with you right off the top at 6. Good Friday morning to you. We'll dive in on the Gainesville story in a moment. And we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, of course, here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So the worst most certainly did not come to pass in Gainesville yesterday. We could have gone the Charlottesville route. We didn't. And for that, we're thankful. I'll crown the winners and the losers here in just a moment. But I want you to listen to a little bit of what went down when white nationalist or supremacist, and basically the same thing, Richard Spencer, tried to speak. He didn't have a whole lot of supporters with him. There were an awful lot of people who were in opposition to him, and they weren't about to just sit there and listen to an opposing view. They were going to shut him down and make sure that he could not speak and could not be heard. And here's some of what went down. Uh, The shout here is, "Go go home, Spencer. Go
2: home, Spencer! Go home, Spencer! Go home, Spencer! Go home, Spencer!
0: Go home, Spencer! Of course, that goes on and on and on. And that's while he is speaking. And then the chants of Black Lives Matter from the left. You know, and it it was beyond that, it was F.U. Spencer. It was say it loud, say it clear. Nazis are not welcome here. Outside, 2,500 protesters in the street, surrounded by more than a 1,000 police. Not in our town, not in our state. We don't want your Nazi hate. Now, I don't have any problem with that. That's fundamental First Amendment rights to free expression. But I do have a problem with what went inside on inside the hall when Spencer was speaking. And more on that in a moment. Spencer raised an interesting point when he said, And keep in mind, I am not defending Richard Spencer or the awful things he stands for. I am not. Some of you keep misunderstanding that. I am not but he raised a legitimate point while he was being shouted down and rendered unable to speak. He shifted out of his speech early, went to a and a and that descended into deafening cries against him so there was no possibility of any meaningful communication. And Spencer said, among other things, what are you trying to achieve? You all have an amazing opportunity to be part of the most important free speech event perhaps in our lifetime. I think that's a little exaggerated. That's the way Spencer sees it. But at any rate, no question, it's a free speech opportunity. And Spencer said this is when the rubber hits the road with a question of the First Amendment. And he is absolutely right. The First Amendment is the big loser in Gainesville yesterday. That he was not allowed to speak. And this is the way the left is operating now in this country. You're not seeing today when there's a left-wing speaker Ultra-conservatives from the right denying them the right to be heard, the ability to be heard. It's all from the left to the right. And it fundamentally flies in the face of the vision the Founding Fathers had when they wrote the First Amendment to the United States Constitution in the late 1700s. The First Amendment's the big loser here. The University of Florida is the big loser, too. More than $500,000 in security. It's a public university. There's some taxpayer money in that, you might want to know. The big winners, the University of Florida, the city of Gainesville, and the whole country, really. No riots, no shootings, no serious injuries. Just a couple of arrests, and nobody died. We didn't go the Charlottesville route, thank God. Also, big winners, and it's sad that it had to come to this, but I think in retrospect, the governor was right Even though I guess we had a little good-natured fun at his expense earlier this week when he declared a state of emergency for something other than a natural disaster just for a speech, you know, by a a fringe right-winger and hate-monger by the name of Richard Spencer. But he declared the state of emergency at the request of the sheriff of Alachua County. They're both winners here because it all freed up all of these massive police resources here. And I think it really helped to keep the lid on it. But how sad that we've come to this in this country, that that is what's required to prevent a major riot when somebody with a minority view of the world wants to speak. Do you understand where I'm coming from here? What do you think of my take on the winners and the losers in Gainesville yesterday? And do you agree... As much as you may, and I hope you do, loathe all that Richard Spencer spews from his mouth. But the First Amendment was the big loser yesterday. Truly was. The only thing he said that worked for me was he pointed that out. And he was absolutely right. And do you understand? It's all going left to right. It's the left shutting down the right. The right's letting the left speak. What's going on here in this country? I don't like what I see. But I'm glad we got away without major mayhem in Gainesville, and I'm sure you celebrate that as well. 407-916-5400 if you want to weigh in on this. Whole country was watching yesterday, and it's right in our own backyard, so let's talk about it, shall we? That's why we're here. Text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply. We'll get Yaffe's take on this. He was on the air with his primetime show Beyond Reason last night, talking about that and many other hot topics. Hope you joined him. And uh, we'll have all of this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Okay, I gave you my um, menu of winners and losers out of Gainesville yesterday. Here is Scott in a popka. Good morning to you, Scott. Did I get it right?
4: Yes, bud. I, I agree with you 100%. You know, if it was a black speaker up there and white people were yelling and this and that, it would be racist. And the thing with Black Lives Matter, more black people get killed by black people than they do by white people. It's a sad
0: situation. Well, again, um, the idea that the left will not let the right speak. And it continues to flow that way with very, very few exceptions. Do you know, and it isn't even when you have something extreme Like a white supremacist, white nationalist like Richard Spencer, who's abhorrent to so many Americans in the mainstream, out in the University of California in Santa Cruz, leftists came in and shut down a regular meeting of the young Republicans, denouncing them as Nazis. Do you believe this? And and, and they finally arrested a bunch of people out there. This is what's going on. What's happening from the left toward the right? And it's interesting, isn't it, Scott, that it's not going the other way. You know? Anyway, just a few thoughts. Yaffe, how about you, buddy?
3: Um, I agree with you. You know, Deb played cuts from Richard Spencer in her newscast, and that guy is obviously a whack job. Oh, what a crazy guy. But you're right. This is hurting the First Amendment. Let the guy speak. Let him reveal how crazy he actually is, and then go on your merry way. If you don't want to see him speak don't go but when you do stuff like this it sets a really bad precedent i think
5: well
0: they all would say those who shut him down that he's intolerant so we can't tolerate that but but they don't see themselves as intolerant which
3: is Exactly. exactly
0: what they are it's defined by the fact that they would not allow this man to speak and be heard
3: well yeah and who defines what's intolerant that's That's the issue here. When you start shutting down speech, you become, you you either do it by mob rule or by the government, and both things are not good.
0: What about the incoming on our text line at 23680, uh, Yaffe?
3: Uh, Yes. One person says this, Bud says, You are spot on, Bud. The left is intolerant, and they don't believe in the First Amendment when it's something they don't approve of. Another person says, Antifa was actually the loser at the University of Florida that speech
0: you know they weren't much of a presence i didn't see a whole bunch of the hooded leftists there like we saw in in charlottesville it's interesting how how gainesville did not become a sequel to charlottesville one reason was there was a far smaller number of supporters of richard spencer there there really were hardly any in the streets they had one guy with swat stickers all over him that got chased about a half a mile by the lefties, okay, and the cops finally saved him from himself, okay. But there were just a couple of arrests, and and in the hall, um, the 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 Spencer supporters were completely outnumbered by the uh, by the angry protesters. But I also think that the massive police presence they got out in front of this thing, I think, kind of kept the lid on it. You know, well, I
3: think that's exactly what did. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, uh, we're going to get back into this in the 8 o'clock hour if you got in a little bit late here. I think it's an important enough story because it happens right within our listening area here on WFLA. And the whole country, perhaps a good portion of the world, was watching yesterday. I frankly am glad it came out as well as it did. Thank God. We don't need another black eye like we had with Charlottesville. But at any rate, um, we're going to get into the John Kelly story. But I got a couple of items in the next half hour. Under the heading of what's bugging the Budman, one is the Kaepernick virus. Kneeling for the flag has now infected a city council in this country. They're taking a knee for the Pledge of Allegiance. You'll hear from a couple of these knuckleheads. And then we got Bush 43 coming out of the woodwork, getting off the ranch down in Texas and bashing Trump. He never had a bad word to say about Obama in eight years. And now he's bashing a president from his own party? Come on, George. It's coming up here in a moment. Stay with us. Deborah Roberts with her update on the news at the bottom of the hour. More on the protesters shutting down Spencer's speech in Gainesville. And a chilling story. The arrest of a Dunedin, Florida man reminds the sheriff out that way of the Vegas mass shooter. Don't miss this story. It is breaking and it is coming up. And my partner and co-host, Deborah Roberts here, has got it for you. Good morning, good Friday morning from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. It's 629. Deb joining us right now and more on what went down in Gainesville yesterday. Deb?
1: Where a crowd shouted down white nationalist Richard Spencer as he attempted to deliver a speech at the University of Florida.
2: You know that what I am saying is powerful. You know that what I am saying is going to change the world. And therefore, you all want to stop it. You're going to fail.
1: Spencer asked the crowd if they were ready to talk now. State troopers, local police, and sheriff's deputies from across the state were in Gainesville to handle any outbreaks of violence. Thankfully, there were at least two arrests, including an Orlando man who had a gun that authorities say was hired to work security at the Spencer event. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The arrest of a Dunedin man is leading to troubling comparisons to the Las Vegas shooting. Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri yesterday announced details of the arrest of 24-year-old Randall Drake at his home on Royal Oaks Drive North.
0: In addition to all of the uh, firearms and explosive devices, detectives found, and this is troubling,
6: uh, found within Drake's property and with his bedroom, maps
0: of Esrig Elementary School in Tampa, Ben Hill Middle School in Tampa, in the Hillsborough County Water Treatment Center.
1: Gualtieri says deputies also found a note promising bloody revenge. Drake has no criminal history, and Gualtieri says it's troubling Drake was flying under the radar just like Vegas shooter Stephen Paddock. Meanwhile, those closest to that man accused of threatening to make the world burn are shocked by the accusations. The parents of Dunedin's Randall Drake told Pinellas County investigators they knew their son had some guns, but they had no idea he had the kind of arsenal deputies say they found in Drake's closet. And Drake's girlfriend says he wasn't a violent person. Pinellas County deputies Bud might not even have ever made the discovery if Drake hadn't been the subject of a child porn investigation. That's what led them to search the home he shares with his parents.
0: I told you it was a chilling story, and no doubt it is. My goodness.
1: <sighs> I mean, they even found a fifty caliber gun, wow. which is huge. I mean, it takes a lot to shock a sheriff.
0: Yeah. and You, you could uh, hear that in Gwaltieri's voice. Yeah. That it was really rocking his world. It really was. And ours as well.
1: Wow. And finally, closer to home, video shows a man committing what Orlando police call a horrific act. The video released yesterday shows a man picking a wallet and or a cell phone off the ground that belonged to a pedestrian who had been hit by a car and killed. The man stopped at the scene Sunday night on Cimarron Boulevard, picked up the items, and then drove off. Police say not only does the theft show a blatant disregard for the suffering of others, it's also making it harder to identify the victim and let that person's family and friends know that they've passed.
0: This isn't incredible? That how many people are out there, and it's still a small percentage of the population? Thank God or there'd be no living in this world just come fully equipped with no conscience
1: none none The, none. the accident had just happened that yeah. that person was still laying on the side of the the side of the road, yeah. dying. this guy gets out of his car, grabs his stuff, and leaves, and now they can't notify the family they can 't even identify the victim Mm-mm. awful,
0: awful story, unimaginable picking the pocket of a dying man. Ugh.
1: Well, you can get these stories and more at 102.5 WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now, thankfully, with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report.
0: Yeah, you got to have some good news for us, Gina. You got any up there in the Bloomberg newsroom this morning? (laughs) We could sure use it.
7: I think so. It looks (laughs) like we're headed for a higher Wall Street Open.
0: Yeah, apparently that uh, Senate uh, passage of the budget uh, resolution has gone down well on Wall Street this morning, Mm -hmm. right?
7: That's right. We have the futures in the green. The Dow futures are up 91 points. That's a gain of about four tenths percent. So it does look like gains at the opening bell. After the Senate, as you noted, adopted a fiscal 2018 budget resolution that the House GOP leaders agreed to accept. That's also boosting optimism about chances for tax reform. Yesterday on Wall Street, the broader equity market was little changed to higher. We had health care stocks rising, but technology shares slipped. The Dow was up five points to 23,163. The S&P added almost a point to 2562. The Nasdaq was down 19 to
0: and now is going to tell us about a new report capturing the global scope of housing cost challenges. Gina?
7: They are out there. As people around the world move into cities and look for housing, it's pretty clear that most will have a hard time paying for it. Average monthly take-home pay won't cover the cost of buying a 1,000-square-foot residence or renting a three-bedroom home in any of the 105 metropolitan areas around the world ranked by the Bloomberg Global City Housing Affordability Index. Now, Orlando was not included here, but Miami was, where 68% of income goes to total housing costs. That gives you an idea of the challenges that people face globally in terms of affordable housing. The rule of thumb is usually about only 28% of your total net income uh... of your total income should go to housing costs
0: or well, you talk about being house poor i mean that's a whole new level isn't it
7: it really is wow. and mm. even in places where it's quote of more affordable mm-hmm. such as chicago for example another uh... city where i do reports You're talking about 45 percent of income for total housing costs. So still affordable. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You got no money left over for anything else. My goodness. What a story that is. Here's another one. We all we all have cars and they all need to get repaired now and then. Um, Apparently, there is a new approach to fixing cars that could be a game changer uh, moving forward. What's this all about?
7: Yeah, this could prove tough for the car dealers. More car makers and parts suppliers are embracing over-the-air software updates, or OTA. These are things that Tesla's Elon Musk has pioneered to add features or fix flaws in his electric cars. This is potentially a grim development for the auto dealers, because just as online car research sites have brought about more transparency in terms of prices and shrunk dealer profit margins, the rise of software-controlled functions within cars may chip away at the service and repair business. That's Mm -hmm. the largest source of dealer profits.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out. And finally, Gina, uh, you've got a story uh, that Bloomberg is following on the high cost of pollution, perhaps in ways we'd not considered before.
7: Pollution in all of its forms killed 9 million people globally in 2015 and by one measure led to economic damage of $4.6 trillion, according to a new estimate by the UK Lancet Commission on Pollution and Health. This is published in the medical journal The Lancet. They hope to put the health costs of toxic air, water, and soil higher on the global agenda. In less developed nations, pollution-linked illness and death drag down productivity and reduce economic output by up to 2% a year in the U.S., less than 6% of deaths are attributable to pollution, but in China, it jumps to almost 20%, and in places like India and Bangladesh, about a quarter of fatalities are tied to pollution.
0: Very interesting, important stuff as always. Gina Savetti from the Bloomberg Newsroom and the Big Apple with the Daily Bloomberg Business Report. We always appreciate it. Wish you a great weekend, Gina. We'll catch you Monday morning. Thanks, you too. Okay, good deal. Up next, under the heading of what's bugging the bud, man... The Kaepernick virus has spread to a city council meeting. Wait until you hear what happened there. We'll have that in Orlando's newsletter and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFL. The Kaepernick virus is now infecting the City Council of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Kaepernick started this thing that's now turned into a nightmare for the National Football League of kneeling when the flag was brought out and the National Anthem was played before San Francisco 49er games. He's no longer playing quarterback in the NFL. He's the catalyst for a an absolutely incredible decline in ratings, which has got the owners hemorrhaging red ink or worrying about hemorrhaging red ink. And, you know, you don't see this in other sports. There was one major leaguer, the Oakland A's, who took a knee for the national anthem. One in the entire world of Major League Baseball. I don't think it's going on at all in the NBA. They they have a rule that you got to stand. Am I right, Yaffe?
3: Oh, they're protesting in other ways, though, bud. They're locking arms. Uh, LeBron wore shoes that says equality. Yeah on them they're finding other ways to do it sulking
0: and looking sullen and bored and all of that stuff right
3: yeah and then there's one guy in hockey who raised his fist oh yeah so that's out there
0: that's an interesting story man he was complaining you know fist the kaepernick thing police brutality and apparently the police am i correct on this i think it was over in the tampa area i think you, you you pointed out this story you know, took them for a ride-along or simulated simulated yeah. some of the stuff the cops go through and showed them what it's really like out yeah, there.
3: Yeah, gave them a little bit of perspective on that. <laughs> it was very interesting.
0: All right, but let's get on up to Ann Arbor, Michigan at the city council meeting. So they all stand up for a moment of silence. Let me set the stage here for you and paint the word picture. And then whoever the leader of the council is, maybe the mayor of Ann Arbor says, all right, now let's all say the Pledge of Allegiance. At which point, on camera, at least four are visible on the Council, dropping to one knee as the pledge begins.
5: Allegiance to the flag of the United States of
2: America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
0: So now we can't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, What's going on here? Two of the council members who kneeled for the pledge, weighing in. Listen. I
2: want to thank um, my colleagues who joined me uh, in taking a knee during the um, Pledge of Allegiance today. Uh, when I gr- grew up, I was taught to, um, when it's time to say my prayers, to to kneel down. People will argue that that position is a position of disrespect. For me, it is a position of great respect. Um, and so, f- uh, for my part, I... Taking a knee today was a chance to, um, to give attention and hope and prayer that the words of our Pledge of Allegiance, liberty and justice for all, would be fulfilled.
6: Uh, for me, um, taking the knee is also showing solidarity with uh, uh, different groups of people who have been doing that at a national level.
0: All right, maybe I forgive that gal. She obviously comes from some other land, and maybe she, you know, is just doesn't really. Feel the pride somehow of spending a lifetime in the greatest country on earth, blessed with so many freedoms and a standard of living unimagined by any other societies in human history and really any others on the planet right now? I don't know. Yaffe, this country is in trouble if this kind of thing is pervasive, Okay not necessarily kneeling, but feeling like maybe you'd like to kneel, or, you, or you've or you got some kind of a gripe, or you're not happy with the country. You don't believe in the country and its ideals. You don't appreciate the freedoms that you have. That's the kind of thing that can gut a great country from the inside out. I don't think the greatness of America today and its history are taught in our schools the way they need to be, that first guy who was kneeling's a fairly young member of the council in Ann Arbor, I've got to tell you, this is the kind of thing that can rot America from the inside out. It really, really is. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Also, what's bugging the bud, man? Bush 43 kept silent during the Obama regime. Now he's bashing a fellow Republican president by the name of Donald Trump? What's going on with 43? We'll talk about his speech yesterday here in a moment. But without ever saying Donald Trump's name, there was no question that the primary focus of the speech, and maybe the very reason for it on the part of the former president, was to bash Trump and his administration, and his style of leadership. So much of it suggesting many aspects of the current administration fuel division in the U.S. and around the world. Here's a little bit of Bush 43.
6: Discontent deepened and sharpened partisan conflicts. Bigotry seems emboldened. Our politics seems more vulnerable to conspiracy theories and outright fabrication. Argument turns too easily into animosity. Disagreement escalates into dehumanization. Bigotry or white supremacy in any form is blasphemy against the American creed.
0: Former President uh, George W. Bush with a rare speech yesterday. Now, did I vote for him? Yes, not once but twice. Do I think he's a patriot? Oh, yes, I do. Do I think he's a man of great character? Absolutely. Do I think he was a great president? No, I do not. Fair to good, I would rate him. Having said that, he was so silent during the eight years of the Obama presidency in the face of the most left-wing man ever to occupy the White House who absolutely fomented division in this country along racial lines and in other ways as well. He, I can't remember, ever had a negative word to say. Here's a whole speech that is clearly, and no one is disputing this, all about Trump bashing Yaffe. And I have a fundamental problem with that in the face of his silence during the Obama regime.
3: Actually, some people are disputing it. Karl Rove came out yesterday and Dana Perino and said they don't think it was mostly about Trump. So... I don't know, really? <laughs> whatever that's worth. Yeah.
0: I don't know, man. I'm, I went. I, didn't I think get...
3: some of it was about Trump, but I don't really disagree with a lot of what Bush said there. Our state of our politics is pretty bad right well, now. I,
0: I, I, guess, I guess, though, here's the problem with this. And I read the whole text of the thing. I think it really was 80% Trump bashing. There were some things that didn't relate directly to the president in any way. I, I don't think he would have made the speech and made it this way if he didn't have real contempt for the president. Now, there's no, nothing wrong with that. But for crying out loud, you must, have been, you must have been throwing stuff at the TV about every other day when Obama was president. Where the heck were you, George? Where were you back then, George?
3: That was my first thought, is why are you coming up now? <laughs> Where were you eight, You know, for the last eight years? There you go. There you go.
0: <sighs> this Kelly story is incredible. We're going to spend some time on it in the 7 o'clock hour. Stay tuned on that. Deborah Roberts updating our news at the top of the hour for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com with more on the protesters essentially shutting down Richard Spencer's speech yesterday in Gainesville. And she'll set the table for me. John Kelly, the chief of staff for the president, defending Trump's call to that gold star widow. Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning. Hope you got a great weekend planned. It's 6.59 now. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us on a Friday here at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning protesters shut down Spencer's speech. And John Kelly defends President Trump's call to a Gold Star widow. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: And that's not all Kelly did at the White House press briefing yesterday. We're going into this story big time next on Good Morning Orlando.
1: And Good Friday morning at 703 on News Radio 1025, white nationalist Richard Spencer threatened to stand on stage all day if the crowd continued to interrupt his speech at the University of Florida and claimed the crowd only showed up to interrupt his speech. Free speech
2: is only a question, it only has meaning when someone says something controversial, when someone's willing to stand up to a mob.
1: The crowd alternated multiple chants such as go home and say it loud, say it clear, Nazis are not welcome here. Hundreds of state troopers were there to provide security at the university as well as other county and Gainesville law enforcement officers. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank.
0: I had a lot to say what, happen, what went down in Gainesville yesterday at 6 o'clock. For folks who are just joining us, if you can hang in, we'll do it again at 8 o'clock here on the 50,000-watt front porch and take your calls. Deb?
1: I know the other big story you're getting ready to talk about is White House Chief of Staff John Kelly saying it broke his heart when a South Florida congresswoman criticized President Trump's phone call to a soldier's widow this week. Kelly told reporters yesterday he was absolutely stunned when he learned that Congresswoman Frederica Wilson listened in on the conversation. Wilson accused Trump of being disrespectful to the young widow. Kelly said all presidents send letters and some telephone the families of fallen soldiers. Kelly is a retired Marine general whose own son was killed in Afghanistan in 2010. He said President Obama sent him a letter but didn't call. Kelly said the most important calls he got were from his son's Marine buddies. It was an
0: unforgettable 20 minutes by the uh, chief of staff and the retired Marine general and gold star dad yesterday. Excerpts coming up and things that need to be said. Dead ahead here, Deb.
1: In the meantime, Kelly is speaking publicly about that recent tragedy in Niger.
5: There's an investigation ongoing. An investigation doesn't mean anything was wrong. An investigation doesn't mean people's heads are going to roll. Uh, the fact is, they need to find out what happened and why it happened.
1: Four U.S. soldiers were killed in an attack by terrorists affiliated with ISIS. In a briefing yesterday, the retired general praise on U.S. troops who are working in counterterrorism operations in various spots around the globe. Congresswoman Wilson is apparently at odds with another White House official, though. Wilson says Chief of Staff John Kelly's recollection of what she said at an event two years ago is wrong. After Wilson criticized the president for making insensitive comments to the widow of a fallen soldier, Kelly fired back at Wilson for her insensitive comments at the dedication of an FBI building in Miramar. Kelly claims Wilson bragged about securing the funding for the building, but Wilson tells the Miami Herald she never said that, and it's terrible. This whole situation has become totally personal. She also says she's done talking about it.
0: Okay, well, we'll get into that aspect of it shortly.
1: For his part, President Trump is calling Wilson wacky. Trump tweeted last night that what he calls the fake news is going crazy with the Miami Democrat. The president said Wilson was secretly on a very personal call and gave a, a total lie on content. The congresswoman's office says she's been receiving threats after claiming Trump was disrespectful in that phone call. Capitol police were alerted. And finally, for some good news, a U.S.-backed Syrian force declared victory over the Islamic State group in its former capital of Raqqa today, declaring the northern Syrian city free of any extremist presence. At a press conference held inside the city this today, the Kurdish-led force, known as the Syrian Democratic Forces, formally handed over administration of the devastated northern city to a council made up of local officials and tribal leaders
0: stat i saw yesterday the area they now control has shrunk by 87 percent from the peak when isis was forming the caliphate just a few years ago that they could control so little compared to what they once did and thank the good lord for that and a lot of hard work by a lot of people in this country and others who've laid their lives on the line
1: WFLA News time at 7.07. Read about the Unite for Puerto Rico celebrity softball game that's taking place tomorrow, and we would love to see you. You can get the details at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News
6: Radio
8: 1025.
0: With the Demmeister and the Budman and Yaffe at the controls. And Michael has just sauntered in and taken a seat in front of the big screen. He'll be taking your calls at 407-916-5400. And the text line, never busy, always open, 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. Deb set the table on the John Kelly story. And we'll hear from the general here. Lots of things to get into on this story. Um, And um, there's never been a moment like it, I believe. In the White House press briefing room, it was really something, if you saw it. I mean, I found it so deeply moving and riveting, what the general had to say. And you'll hear some of it here in a moment, and we'll welcome your input as well. Good morning, Orlando. For the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit com. All of that's coming up right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic, and take care of a little bit of business here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm sure by now, because I know you follow the news far beyond... The Bud Man's commentary on Good Morning Orlando, that you're connected to that unbelievably riveting briefing, the White House press room, surprise appearance by the retired four-star Marine General John Kelly, President Trump's amazing chief of staff. He was defending the president on his call to Myesha Johnson, the grieving widow of Green Beret Sergeant Le David Johnson, killed recently in an ISIS ambush during an anti terrorism operation in the African nation of Niger. Kelly also blasted Trump hating South Florida liberal Democrat Congresswoman Frederica Wilson, the one with the kooky sequin cowboy hat you see all the time blasted her for saying the president was insensitive and disrespected the fallen soldier's widow and family. When Wilson says the president told Mrs. Johnson, he knew what he had signed up for, but it still hurts anyway. First, I want you to listen closely because Kelly's a military man and he knows how these calls work. And he defended, because he was listening, the president's approach and
5: his call to the widow. He knew what he was getting into by joining that 1%. He knew what the possibilities were because we're at war. And when he died, in the four cases we're talking about, in my son's case in Afghanistan, when he died, he was surrounded by the best men on this earth, his friends. That's what the president tried to say to to four families the other day.
0: And as for... Congressman Wilson listening in on the president's call to the soldier's widow. Kelly was livid about that. He also ripped Wilson for when they were attending a dedication ceremony for an FBI field office in South Florida. It was being dedicated to FBI agents who had been killed and wounded. And as Kelly said, all she cared about when she spoke was telling everyone how much money she had helped get for the publicity. Kelly was so upset with Congressman Wilson that he left the White House visited Arlington National Cemetery yesterday and walked among the headstones of foreign warriors. But this whole thing with, um, with Wilson, and it, it really, you could tell, he was seething. And here is what Kelly said.
5: I was stunned when I came to work yesterday morning and brokenhearted at what I saw a member of Congress doing. A member of Congress who listened in on a phone call from the President of the United States to a young wife. It stuns me that a member of Congress would have listened in on that conversation. Absolutely stuns me. And I thought, at least that was sacred. I still hope, as you write your stories, and I appeal to America, that let's not let this maybe last thing that tells sacred in in our society. A young man, young woman going out in giving his or her life for our country, let's let's try to somehow keep that keep that sacred. But it eroded a great deal um, yesterday by the uh, selfish behavior of a member of Congress.
0: I just love Kelly. I just admire him so much. I mean, I had a, like an apple in my throat the whole time he was speaking yesterday. What a quality man he is, and he knows whereof he speaks on this and many other topics. Said Congresswoman Wilson afterward, ah, Kelly's just trying to keep his job. He'll say anything. She's just despicable. She really is. President took after the media. Fake news, he said in a tweet, they're going af- They're going crazy with a wacky Congresswoman Wilson. The Democrat, secretly, on a very personal call, gave a total lie on content. Wilson also said, boy, the president's talking about me. Isn't it amazing? I'm going to tell my grandkids I'm a rock star. And she laughed and walked away. What's your reaction to all that has gone down on this awful story that, please, Lord, has got to end? Maybe the general put an end to it yesterday. 407-916-5400, join me. Text line 23680 and standard message and data rates apply. Really want your take on all of this. Gaffey, do you share my admiration for General Kelly, the White House chief of staff, and for that appearance in the... White House press briefing room yesterday. Did you find it as riveting as I did?
3: You know, if Trump were smart, he would bring him out a lot more, right? which I think he's going to. But yeah, he was really good.
0: He's just terrific, you know, and uh, and, and, and you know, he really admonished the media um, and, and he does again. it again. He does it in such a classy way, you know.
3: Yeah. And, you know, when he was defending Trump, uh, his defense of Trump on what that comment really meant or what it should have meant was right. exactly what I originally thought. Yeah you know it's well to, you know. it
0: all and it all stemmed he told the story of how a president said said um general how how do i make these calls cuz i've never done this kind of thing before and and he gave him the same model that was used when he was informed um by by one of his closest buddies in the service that his son had been lost 7 years ago all right and and it and it had to do with consoling general kelly saying that he he was doing just what he wanted to do what he signed up to do you know and 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 Trump used that. And then Frederica Wilson, for political reasons, I think, you know, shouldn't have been listening in on the call anyway, but hates Trump. She's well documented, she wants him impeached, et cetera. Um, she just she just over politicized this. The big mistake that started this was the president politicizing it and comparing whether or not he placed more phone calls than other presidents. Yeah. Never should have gone there.
3: Yeah, he really shouldn't have because basically it wasn't true. I mean, it's something a lot
0: all presidents have done. Yeah. What do you see in the text line, Mike?
3: Um, but we have some people that support you. Uh, one person even saying that people who support Trump need to start calling the White House to let him know because he is beat up just every day. Uh, another person says she sh- um, she should open her mouth, speaking of Representative Wilson, and insert her foot. Another person, though. Well, it's
0: always in there.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how one. you can
0: understand a word she says. Sometimes I can't, but go ahead.
3: One person disagrees with you, though, bud. Yep. One person wants to know how you can defend an out and out liar. Did Trump lie or not? Of course he did. And then said, Kelly lost all credibility with me.
0: Oh, so so th- th- this this particular texture is agreeing with Frederica Wilson. Yes. Who says that he works for uh, Trump. He'll say anything. John Kelly, I don't think you can make the great general say anything. He doesn't want to say.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's I think very, he's he way was,
0: above and beyond
3: that. You could tell he was really upset yesterday.
0: Oh, he was. The idea that he was so upset, he said he left the White House and walked around among the headstones at Arlington National Cemetery, communing with right. the, the great fallen heroes, some of whom his orders put in the ground.
3: And you could tell um, he has no respect for Representative Wilson. And, you know, he and, gave past examples of things she has done... That just really, he he does not like her at all.
0: No, no, and he, I think, put the media in their place, and he's very good at doing that. And they just don't know what to do with him. He's a very, very tough guy to take on because he is so universally admired and respected. Yeah, that's very true. Yep, it is true. David, was a raucous scene in Gainesville yesterday, but the fears of a lot of folks were not realized, and we are grateful for that this morning.
1: Yes, we are, where white nationalist leader Richard Spencer delivered a speech at the University of Florida, or at least attempted to, but he got booed and heckled by the audience the whole time. This attendee said he wouldn't miss it for anything.
8: I wanted to see if people, you know, that, that have that ideology, you know, really exist. I mean, it's kind of like Santa Claus in here some guy that that crazy uh, exists.
1: The event triggered massive protests on the campus in Gainesville. The school estimates it was spending $600,000 on security. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Something new for parents and caregivers to worry about, a new social media game is being called Sick, Upsetting, and Alarming. It's called the 48-Hour Challenge, and it's being reported on across the United Kingdom. In the game, players are allegedly encouraged to disappear for two days. When their parents or loved ones make desperate Facebook posts to find them, the missing teens get a higher score. Oh, yay. No
0: kidding. Sending your
1: parents into a panic somehow rewards you in the game. Exactly. The more desperate posts there are posted to find you, the higher your score.
0: Did you say sick and twisted off the top? You got that right. Sick, upsetting, and alarming. Oh, my Lord. But add
1: twisted to that list. Thank you. Law enforcement officials say, thankfully, they're not aware of any cases in the U.S. It's only a matter of time. But they do want to uh, warn parents to talk to their teens before they become victims of this dangerous cyber game. They say if your teen goes missing, contact police right away. Don't wait, even if you think they're doing the 48-hour challenge, because you may be wrong and they may really need help. My goodness. I'm... <sighs> and this comes on the heels, bud, yeah. of a new report that says kids under age nine are spending nearly an hour a day in front of a mobile screen. Not good. A recent report from Common Sense Media revealed that the amount of time kids spend in front of a screen has tripled in the past four years. Wait till you hear these numbers. A spokesman for the group says childhood is changing, of course, as mobile devices are now as common in homes as televisions, but still... You know, on the heels of this new social media game, the 48-Hour Challenge, comes word that the report finds 42 percent, 42 percent of kids, eight and younger, have their own tablets. That's up from just 7 percent four years ago.
0: You know, I don't want to just be negative, just blanket with negativity here, because if you're studying or learning something, that's a good time spent, I would suppose. But I suspect that there's a whole lot of other stuff going on there. It's this is not good for kids that age.
1: It's just something to be aware of when these yeah. you know, sick and twisted social media games pop up. You're not kidding, Tim. And finally, for a fun story. Yeah. An adorable black lab hired by the CIA to sniff out explosives is no longer on the job. Lulu was training to become a bomb sniffing dog, but the CIA says the dog sniffer just wasn't up to snuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And Lulu has been let go. Really? The CIA, trust me, this is a happy story. I know I teased it with a happy story, but All it is. All right, okay. The CIA announced on its social media site that, quote, Lulu wasn't interested in searching for explosives. Even when motivated with food and play, she was clearly no longer enjoying herself, end quote. She didn't like the smell of that stuff. I'm I guess not doing so, it. yeah. <laughs> but again, the story does have a happy ending. Lulu was adopted by her handler, and she now enjoys playing and frolicking and sniffing out rabbits and squirrels ah. in her new backyard.
0: She's got life just the way she wanted it. Exactly. <laughs> just sit down and... Somebody else can sniff for exactly. bombs. Exactly. I'm going for the squirrels. I'm going for the squirrels. <laughs> Thank you, Deb. You're welcome. Deborah Roberts with our news top and bottom of the hour. And whenever it breaks, in advance of bringing on Ed Reardon, our man from Central Florida honor flight, about the last honor flight of our war heroes to Washington this season and how you can be a part of it, here is Jack tying that story <laughs> in from Longwood, <laughs> To uh, Congresswoman Frederica Wilson bashing the president on the call to the widow of the fallen Green Beret. Jack, good morning.
6: How you doing, bud?
0: I'm okay. How are you, my friend?
6: I'm fine. Got two things for you. One, Wilson's a clown. She'll do anything to get her puss in front of the TV cameras. What else? Enough on that, enough on that one. The honor flight. I want to thank you again for the honor flight. I did one about two years ago because you introduced me to it. I just came back from one out of Asheville, North Carolina. My veteran was a 95-year-old World War II Navy veteran. Wow, wonderful. The whole day didn't need a wheelchair. The guy's in great shape. And he was really impressed with the welcoming committee <clears throat> at the Asheville airport at 9 o'clock at night.
0: What was the, the whole- highlight of the trip to Washington with your uh, war hero? It's
6: it, The people. At the um, return, there was all ages there. And in other words, then, the
0: heroes welcome back for the yeah. um, honor flight attendees, and that, and that that's really where we're bringing Ed on in a moment because we need a lot of folks, the great patriots we have here, listening to us on Good Morning Orlando on the fifty thousand watt front porch to be a part of a hero's patriotic welcome home this weekend. So that was what was so deeply moving to yes. the to the gentlemen that you that you um shepherded
6: and also they uh also uh honored the vietnam veterans like you did and i attended at the um uh, memorial day ceremonies you had which i thank you again Oh,
0: the for ones that. out in glenhaven that i'm so privileged to be the master yes. of ceremonies for in memorial day absolutely we had a big um 50th anniversary um uh, focus on the Vietnam veterans. Uh, Jack, thank you, and God bless you, and thank you for listening to the show and calling in.
6: Okay, thanks, bud. All right, good deal. Bye.
0: Um, In a moment, Ed Reardon from Honor Flight of Central Florida, and it's the final Honor Flight of the season, taking some of our aging war heroes to Washington, D.C. to see all the sites erected in their honor. And stay tuned, because we need you to be a part of a hero's welcome home. It's coming up. Good morning, Orlando, for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahazthetbuyers.com. That and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. I'll update here in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. And you can count on our military, America's finest servicemen and women, being at the forefront of our thoughts and our show content as often as possible here on Good Morning Orlando. Let's bring in Ed Reardon, who's the top guy with um, Honor Flight of Central Florida and a great, great friend of the program and all those who have served this country. Ed, it is great to have you on as the last Honor Flight of the season is upon us. Good morning to you, my friend.
8: Good morning to you, Bud, and thanks for being such a good friend of Honor Flight Central Florida and all your listeners who support our mission.
0: Yaffe and I will never forget accompanying you on an Honor Flight to Washington a couple of years ago, and we really got to know all the marvelous work that you do and the difference it makes in the lives of so many of our, of our um, servicemen and women, our aging war heroes. Let's talk about what will happen on this Honor Flight tomorrow and who's going.
8: Well, tomorrow, Bud, we are blessed to be taking 24 Central Florida hometown heroes up to Washington D.C. on their honor flight, where they'll get to view and reflect at the memorials that were built for them. Uh, Of those 24, Bud, 24 served us in World War II, eight in Korea, and nine in the Vietnam conflict. Our youngest is 68, and our most senior is 101 years old.
0: Oh my goodness.
8: They served us, Bud, in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, the Coast Guard, and the Merchant Marine. So this is one of the first flights we've had where every single branch of our military service has been represented. We'll be taking them up to see the World War II Memorial, the Korea War Memorial, the Vietnam War Memorial, and also over to Arlington National Cemetery Mm -hmm. to witness the changing of the guard and laying of a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. The weather looks like it's going to be spectacular. So we're absolutely blessed to be in a position to be able to provide this service free to our most senior veterans. And you commented on it a moment ago about our most senior guys, uh, Bud. And these are the most recent numbers. You know, of of 16 million Americans that served in World War II, we still have about 697,000 World War II vets with us today but time is of the essence oh yes because our world, our world war veterans are passing at a rate of about 365 a day that has now become eclipsed uh, due to their dwindling numbers korean veterans are passing at a rate of 400 a day and surprisingly enough bud due to the health complications that many of them suffered and the incredible suicide rate among them our vietnam veterans are being lost at a rate of 425 a day
0: oh my goodness Talk very briefly, if you will, about the fact that every one of these great veterans who goes up on the honor flight at no cost to them is accompanied by a very special patriot.
8: A key role in all of our honor flights are our guardians. Our guardians are donors that not only cover their own costs to make the trip with us, but, uh, but to, for the privilege of accompanying these heroes, but also they're shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder, shoulder with these veterans all day long during the trip making sure that all their needs and wants are met they push their wheelchairs they're their motor for the day they make sure they get to see what they want to see and that they don't have a worry in the world uh, other than uh being on the ground to to do what we've taken them there for and they get they get to grow very close uh, to our veterans oh yes i've seen it with
0: my own eyes it's unforgettable now Now, we love the Guardians, we love the Vets, we love you folks who lead Honor Flight of Central Florida. Let's bring the folks who are listening in and how they can be a part of a hero's welcome home tomorrow night.
8: Well, at the close of the day, we'll be arriving back in Orlando Airport at 9.55 p.m. Orlando International?
0: Orlando International? Orlando International. Okay, I want to make sure we got the right airport. Go ahead.
8: That's MCO, for those that know their airport. Right. And we're on Southwest Flight 3639, due in at 9.55 p.m. So where should so we folks lo- be and when? We would love for folks to be in Terminal A uh, at the arriving side on, on the top level. Uh, it's a family event. Be there at 10.15 p.m. to welcome all our heroes home, bring flags, bring signs. Yeah. This is a family event. And our senior veterans in particular, they love to see the younger generation turn out and be a part of that honor It is usually the highlight of the day and a huge surprise to them yeah. because they think that their flight is over when they board their plane. In Baltimore.
0: Yep. yep. Awesome. Thank you for the great work you and everybody does with Honor Flight of Central Florida. Folks be out at the airport tomorrow night to welcome home our heroes from their unforgettable day, courtesy of Honor Flight in Washington, D.C. Thank you, Ed Reardon.
8: But, but I can't thank you enough. Remember, we can't all be heroes. Some of us have to stand up on the curb and clap when they go by.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Thank you, Ed, very much. God bless Thanks. you all. Thank Okay. My goodness. Good morning, Orlando. We're glad you're with us here on the 50,000-watt front porch. I hope you join the iHeart family tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. At the Osceola County Stadium in Kissimmee, gathering together to raise money and collect supplies for Puerto Rico disaster relief with a celebrity-filled softball game. Family fun event. You'll love it. Everybody's welcome. Admissions absolutely free. And um, please bring along cash donations and donated supplies to be sent to Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. All the information at this website, babydj.org. 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 Thanks to our um, donors who sponsored the event, Experience Kissimmee, Wild Florida, and Wyndham Vacation Rentals Orlando. Deborah Roberts updating our news here at the top of the hour, and then we're going to be talking about her uh, number one topic of the hour, the protesters shutting down the speech by the white supremacist in the University of Florida campus yesterday in Gainesville, and a psychologist explaining our fear of clowns. Good morning, Orlando, at 759. Good morning, Orlando. We're glad you're with us here on a Friday at eight o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts, and our top stories this morning, protesters shut down Spencer's speech, and a psychologist explains our fear of clowns. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: And we'll put the focus on the situation in Gainesville yesterday. And I'll give you my winners and losers and see what you think next on Good Morning Orlando.
1: And good Friday morning. It's 8.02 on News Radio 1025. White supremacist Richard Spencer survived jeers, catcalls, and loud protests inside a meeting hall at the University of Florida. Spencer accused the crowd yesterday of trying to stifle free speech.
2: We are stronger than you, and you all know it. That's why you are ganging up here like some kind of mob in order to prevent me from saying something.
1: There were at least two arrests, including an Orlando man with a gun that authorities say was hired to work security at the Spencer event. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Believe it or not, but the man known as the Underwear Bomber is suing the U.S. Justice Department for denying him his rights. The Nigerian man is serving multiple life sentences for trying to set off a bomb in his underwear on a flight from Amsterdam to Detroit in 2009, saying it was his religious duty as a Muslim to wage jihad against the U.S. Now in a lawsuit filed in a Colorado federal court, he says prison authorities are violating his constitutional rights by not allowing him to communicate with the outside world or practice his religion. A California boy is the eighth child to be killed by an Ikea dresser that was recalled over a year ago. The lawyer for the Dudek family of Buena Park, California, says their two-year-old son died in May when a three-drawer Ikea dresser toppled over and crushed him during nap time. Child safety advocates say it's the eighth reported death involving an IKEA dresser that was recalled last year because it tipped over. IKEA has offered a refund to consumers and a kit that anchors the dresser to the wall. In local news, a Winter Haven mom is charged in what Polk County Sheriff calls a terrible tragedy that was 100% preventable. 19-year-old Jada LaBeouf was arrested yesterday for aggravated manslaughter in the suffocation death of her 8-month-old daughter. Investigators say one night in February, LaBeouf left her daughter at home while she went to a hookah bar without waking or telling any relatives in the home. Sheriff Grady Judge says that act was beyond comprehension, and by the time Labouf got home, The baby was tangled in her blanket on the couch and was dead. It turns out a creepy clown story in Volusia County was just that, a story. The sheriff's office said yesterday an 11-year-old boy who claimed he was chased by a clown on Friday the 13th made it all up. The boy had said that while riding home on his bike in Deltona, a clown came out of the bushes and tried to grab him. The boy claimed he beat the clown with his selfie stick until he was able to ride away and the clown ran back into the bushes. Why'd he do that? Do I, we have any idea? No idea.
0: Just to get attention, maybe, like a lot of kids do, I yeah, guess. Exactly. But she whiz.
1: I know. Had everyone warning creepy clowns out there to be uh, be aware. Yeah. Law enforcement may not have your back if you startle someone and they defend themselves. Yeah, no question about it. They are warning about
0: that, yeah. particularly off the, the It movie of exactly. the Stephen King book. You know, exactly. that has everybody
1: freaked out about clowns. Well, and we've been freaked out for a while. And Cleveland Clinic doctor Scott B. says a fear of clowns is most likely due to the elusive nature of their appearance.
4: I think what it is about clowns is you can't really identify uh, what their intentions are uh, or what they might do. They have this capacity to startle you. And so there's an uncertainty, and particularly uncertainty about threat.
1: Yeah, Dr. B says clowns can create uncertainty because they wear makeup and conceal their identity. He says it's similar to when kids are terrified by mascots or characters with masks. I've always wondered, you know, when a kid sees Their favorite character, Uh, like at the Disney, you have character breakfast, and some kids will scream and cry.
0: Yeah, if they're real young, they do. They they just
1: cannot handle it somehow.
3: Did 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 you you really? When I was a baby, oh, yeah.
1: A lot of kids do, and I've always wondered why. And this doctor explaining why we have a fear of clowns explains that, okay, so even though it's their favorite character, it's still, you know, it's overwhelming.
0: Yeah, when our kids were little there was a um kind of a family burger joint restaurant that was really cool, a place you could throw peanuts on the floor and have a great time and they had games for kids. And all of a sudden they decided that they would be, you know, like a free uh, like a clown would be there on a Sunday afternoon and our kids were terrified and they started screaming and we had to avoid it whenever they had the clown at the restaurant. They just couldn't deal with it. They were like 3, 4 years old and they just went hysterical. We'd never seen anything like it. So we know how real that that fear is. So does Yaffe, and uh, it's interesting that the psychologists say it's pretty
1: pervasive. Yeah, it is. But it's it's a shame that of you know all the characters that scared you know Mike Yaffe, it was Alice in Wonderland. I never would have thought that. <laughs> never, ever, ever would I have thought that. Uh, uh, I like you <laughs> just made that one up. That was good. <laughs> just threw it in there to see if you were still paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> He's listening. Yeah, we're he all is. listening. I mean, she's pretty crafty. She is crafty. I could tell you some stories after. having Having been a former Disney cast member. <laughs> I believe that backstage. You you're never gonna I would never lie, we'll never look at Alice <laughs> in Wonderland the same way again. Doctor B adds that depictions of clowns in movies and on TV have made people associate them with more sinister things, but like you said, that movie it. Yep. WFLA News Time, it's 808, and you can read about the Unite for Puerto Rico celebrity softball game that is happening tomorrow, and we would love to see you there. Get all the details at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And Deb, set it up. We're going to talk about what happened and didn't happen in Gainesville yesterday. Uh, and everything surrounding that speech by the white supremacist Richard Spencer. I see winners, I see losers. I'll pick them both, and I want to know what you have to say. 407 916 5400 on the phones. Text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. We'll dive right into that, and we'll have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated as well in two minutes. So stick around if you can here on News Radio 1025, WFLA. So all of this uproar about the speech of the white supremacist Richard Spencer on the campus of the University of Florida in Gainesville came to a head yesterday when he got up to try and speak and was completely shouted down. Massive anti-Spencer demonstrations, huge police presence. Winners and losers. Winners, the University of Florida, Gainesville, and the whole country, really, because we're not dealing with the aftermath of riots this morning. We don't have, you know, people dead in the street, no shootings, no serious injuries, couple of arrests. I guess that counts as a win. I think I'd have to put in the win column Governor Scott, who um, honored the request of the sheriff of Alachua County that a state of emergency be declared to free up resources, law enforcement mostly, to deal with this situation and maybe the massive police presence you know, of more than a thousand from fifty agencies, help keep the lid on everything. The losers, the University of Florida, dropping six hundred thousand dollars or so on security here. It's a public university. You know, sooner or later, uh, some of that money comes out of the taxpayer pocket. So that makes you and me a loser as well. But the big loser was the First Amendment, in my view. The First Amendment, because when Spencer tried to speak. As much as I loathe everything this white supremacist stands for, I cherish the First Amendment. We have the right to say what we want to say in this country. And if you don't want to hear it, don't show up, don't listen, but don't do this. Go
2: home Spencer. Go home-
0: now there's all kinds of other things too that we'd have to bleep out but i mean that that that's the g rated version and uh and and and, and but i mean it, it was shouted down and he couldn't speak and at one point the only thing that spencer said that resonated mid- with me was what are you trying to achieve here shutting me down i mean it was fu spencer it was nazis here and there we don't want them and all of that and i okay i get that but it was really hateful but the problem is not that the problem is They would not let this man speak, and that is fundamentally wrong and flies in the face of the most basic freedoms that set this country apart from almost every other one on earth. The First Amendment. And Spencer called him out on it. He says, what are you trying to achieve? You could be at a part here of an important free speech event. This is when the rubber hits the road with a question of the First Amendment. But those who were opposed to him, they wouldn't let him speak. The First Amendment was the big loser in Gainesville yesterday. I am not supporting Spencer or anything this hate-filled white supremacist stands for. White nationalists, white supremacists are really the same thing, okay? I'm not. But do you understand where I'm coming from here? And on the winning side, thank God. We're not dealing with the aftermath of a major bloodbath. This did not go the route of Charlottesville. And for that, we all need to be thankful this morning. That was a win. Your take on my take on what happened in Gainesville yesterday. Let's talk about it, shall we? 407-916-5400 to hit the text line at 23680. Standard message and data rate supply. Go to the phones. Your reaction to what happened and didn't happen in Gainesville yesterday, and my take on it. To Maitland we go, and we're bringing in Steve. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch uh, with the Bud Man, and good morning to you, Steve.
2: Good morning, Bud. How are you doing? this I'm this
0: doing morning, okay. I'm fascinated with I- what Michael put on the screen because I, I dubbed the First Amendment the biggest loser in Gainesville, and apparently you see that differently.
8: I do. I think it was a great day for the First Amendment because the government allowed... Richard Spencer to come in and spew his white supremacist garbage, and that was he was exercising his First Amendment right, and the people were not denied their First Amendment rights to show up and tell Richard Spencer to buy a nice warm glass of shut the hell up. (laughs) And I think it was great on the free speech for both sides.
0: Really? That's interesting. I mean, sure, he was allowed to come to Gainesville, and that was the right call, all right? If it had gone to court... Ultimately, that's the way it would have played out, I believe. But he was not allowed to speak. He got the heckler's veto. He was shut down and unable to to speak. He should have been allowed to speak. If you want to protest, you protest outside the venue. You don't shout him down to the point where he doesn't have the opportunity to exercise his First Amendment rights. Those were denied to him, Steve, inside that hall yesterday. I disagree. I think the people
8: denying him were just people exercising their right to disagree and their right to have free speech as well. There were just more of them. They did it a little bit louder, but they were exercising their right to free speech to tell him in no uncertain terms right. that they don't welcome him and they don't like him and they don't like his views. It's
0: a good call, Steve. Let me ask you. Thank you for it. Who's got that right? He says the big the First Amendment was a winner yesterday in Gainesville. For the reasons I've cited, I don't see it that way. How do you see it? 407-916-5400. I mean, uh, his message, his message is hate-filled, and, and I and I loathe that. I really do. But I cherish the First Amendment, and I think he was denied those rights yesterday by the crowd that continued to shout him down. David and Kissimmee, good morning. How do you see it?
9: Um, I see it a
8: lot like the first caller. Okay. Um, I think that it was a win-win, but I also feel like We shouldn't allow the First Amendment um, to be used as an excuse for hate. And when this guy went into the college campus, he came into their world. Uh, I could see him standing in a public park. I could see him on his front lawn saying whatever he wants to say. But a hate-filled message like that I just don't feel should have been allowed uh, on the college campus in the first place. And I just think they were reacting to that situation of him coming into their universe. Thank you for
0: my call. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for my call, he said. No, that was great to have you on. Go ahead, Yaffe. What about it?
3: Well, I'm just going to say if all of these people agreed with the speaker that are commenting right now and then somebody shouted them down, they would have said, oh, this is an infringement. But because they disagree with this guy, then it's okay to shout him down.
0: You are an astute observer of the scene, my friend. This is
3: not a good precedent that we are setting in this country where we shout down people we disagree with. Now, technically, the First Amendment protects you only from the government, you know, arresting you for your speech. Not everyone has the right to be heard necessarily. But to me, it's still a bad precedent where we just shout each other down instead of letting each other speak.
0: I know you got into this in your primetime show, Beyond Reason, last night from 8 to 10 on WFLA. And right now, Yaffe, why don't you check out the text line and the incoming there on this?
3: Uh, a lot of people were texting and agreeing with the callers that just said one person said he was able to speak freely. He just wasn't no, he able wasn't. to be able to.
0: No, he wasn't. He couldn't. He couldn't be heard. He well, was... that's what he uh, said.
3: That's what the text was saying. He just wasn't able to be heard. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. I'm telling you. People are caving into the mob mentality. That's what this is. It's a mob mentality, shutting down people you disagree with because you side with the mob. It's a collectivist mob mentality.
0: You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, I'm telling you. The big win was we don't have, you know, blood in the streets and worldwide headlines about mayhem in Gainesville. But I really do feel that the First Amendment Was the loser yesterday. And
3: by the way, I said the same thing just to be consistent. I also criticized the Trump supporters who were trying to shut down that play. Of Caesar. Oh, you know, the
0: Shakespeare the, in the park in New York City. Yeah,
3: it was Caesar, but it looked like Trump. Right. You know, it was a modern mm-hmm. interpretation. Yeah. I I criticize yeah. them too for trying to shut that down. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what this country should be about.
0: Tell you what, we're going to do. We still have the sound judgment game, but going to move it back a little later into the next half hour, so I can take more of these calls that are coming in right now. You've heard our debate here, and I've got callers that don't see it the Budman's way, and that is fine with me. Okay. I want to hear from you on what happened and didn't happen in Gainesville yesterday and my take on it. 407-916-5400. First-time callers, there's no one listening to this program who does not have a powerful opinion on this, and I would love to hear yours, okay? We are the living, breathing embodiment of First Amendment freedoms here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Don't miss the opportunity to exercise Your First Amendment freedoms. Deborah Roberts updating our news here at the bottom of the hour. Then we'll be back at it with phones and text messages from the smartest audience in talk radio on arguably the hottest topic of many this morning. And later in the next half hour, you're going to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra Christmas concert in Orlando on us. If you're our sound judgment winner, lots coming up. And good morning to you. Good Friday morning at 829. Well, i got to tell you, the 50,000-watt front porch, Deb, is on fire on this topic about uh, what went on in Gainesville yesterday, winners, losers, et cetera, the First Amendment. Where are you on this issue? I say the First Amendment was a big loser because as reprehensible as, as, as the message is of Richard Spencer, the white supremacist, he was shouted down to the point of not actually being able to speak.
1: Well, I believe, you know, it is his First Amendment right to say what he wants, what, what he wants to say. But it's also the students' and others' right to assemble and uh, and reject his rhetoric. So you don't
0: have a problem with the fact that it really, essentially, he was denied the right to speak because it was impossible to hear him.
1: It, because it was impossible to hear him, not because he was denied the right. No. He just didn't have the support on his side.
0: All right, interesting. we got a lot of callers on the line. You want to pick one? Yeah,
1: speaking of the 50,000-watt front porch on fire, we've got Vernon Brad calling in from Winter Park this morning. Good morning, Brad.
9: Good morning, good morning. I'd like to underscore what nobody's talking about here, and academia is corrupt on this, too. The reality is both extremes are disgusting. Antifa's violent, these neo-Nazis are violent, but the problem is it's actually flipped. The Nazis are stupid because they don't even realize that the Nazis were socialists. Always fascism is accompanied by communism, government control, socialism. Antifa is fascist. They're the left. And we've got to flip it because academics are lying to their students about this. Re- the media tries to portray Republicans as fascists, but the reality is government control, communism, and socialism is fascism. Hitler was a socialist, the Nazis were socialist. And that needs to be shouted from the hilltops and not lied about anymore.
0: Well, let me ask you a question. What was your reaction to the way things went down in Gainesville yesterday, Brad?
9: Well, I thought because he came into their way, he was going to get shouted down. If he wants to be heard more clearly, he needs to pick venues that are more responsive to what he has to say. But calling himself a Nazi and not realizing that the Nazis were government control socialists means that he's, t- I, he's stupid, and, and, and the college professors that don't teach that, that tell their uh, freshmen that Nazis are like Republicans, that, I mean, not, you know, this, this is the big lie going on for decades in this country. People need to understand that fascism is all about government control, socialism, and communism. And this neo-Nazi guy is an idiot, like all extremists are.
1: All right, Brad. Thank I you. I told you he was burning.
0: He's on fire. Yes, he is. All right, and uh, <laughs> and while we clear the smoke away and take a few more calls, Deb, a little bit more on Gainesville.
1: Yes, where white nationalist Richard Spencer was greeted by protests at the University of Florida Thursday. Spencer not only gave a speech above the din of a university meeting hall, he even answered questions from a small crowd mostly opposed to his appearance. This attendee says the protests were kind of a shame.
2: He got to speak, but it was very difficult to hear what he was saying. I wanted to have a dialogue with him so I could publicly address why I disagree with what he's saying. I wanted to debate him on his views.
1: As he ended his speech, a group of a dozen men sitting near the front were escorted safely out of the theater. There were at least two arrests, including a uh, one with a one man with a gun, an Orlando man that authorities say. Was hired to work security at the Spencer event.
0: What that guy said in your sound cut there speaks to the very issue that the point that I am making. He wanted a First Amendment, you know, an exchange, but the free speech rights were were impossible to be exercised in that forum, from that side
1: i I don't think he's he's looking for discourse though i I, I, he claimed he was well but charlottesville i mean what he was hoping to accomplish at the university of florida i mean that's not the way you go about trying to get your discourse okay
0: more calls on this coming up what else you got
1: this news brought to you by trusco bank florida's hometown bank It's chocolate, and it's a record, and it's making some sweet sounds. A chocolatier has come up with a chocolate record that plays real music. Oh, man. Go ahead. The video recorded over the weekend at the the London Chocolate Show reveals a chocolatier demonstrating his creation. The chocolate record is shown on a turntable cranking out a tune. Why someone would make a record out of chocolate isn't clear, but who cares? It's chocolate. It tastes good after you're done listening to the tune. And this follows the story about those Oreo cookies in China being turned into records. That's
0: where I thought I'd heard something similar. I couldn't put my finger on it. I remember when you gave us that story. I can't believe that you could put grooves in a cookie or chocolate that would hold up with a needle on it. It's amazing.
1: And there's a great video on YouTube that shows how they, for the Oreo project... How they made it, the different genres of music that they made them in. Yeah. These Chinese kids had a quite a good deal. They had like four custom-made Oreo cookies with a tiny little record yeah. player. See? I'm jealous. So, I mean, you
0: know, political differences aside, one side of the world and the other, everybody loves Oreos. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> maybe that's what we need to have at United Nations meetings and other meetings of world uh, yeah, leaders. Maybe, Just a right. big plate of Oreo cookies and <laughs> some milk. <laughs> and do you love pumpkin spice everything?
0: I'm really getting into pumpkin spice a lot more than I used to, and it is in everything. It is. the hottest, I don't know, flavor or fragrance these days.
1: Well, how about a pumpkin spice pizza? No. Well, a New Jersey pizzeria is bringing back a seasonal favorite, a pumpkin spice pizza for the fourth year in a row. From now through November, Nunzio's Kitchen in Sayreville is offering pumpkin spice aficionados this special pizza, which is more like a dessert. It features handmade dough and a pumpkin base. It's then topped with ricotta cheese, walnuts, and lightly fried zucchini. Once done, it's given a sprinkle of powdered sugar. Made my belly rumble. Would, would you go for it? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would yeah. try that. Sounds delicious. Yeah, you too, Yaffe? No. Have... no. No. He doesn't yeah. like pumpkin spice stuff.
3: Tired of it? It's everywhere. It's taken over. <laughs> it's taken over.
1: Thanks, Deb. You're welcome, Bud. Man,
0: my co-host and partner Deborah Roberts here on Good Morning Atlanta from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers dot com. Got a whole bunch more on the uh, phone lines and Yaffe's checking the incoming on the text line. Uh, we're going to do one more segment and reaction to uh, Gainesville yesterday. What happened? What did not? And my take on it. And uh, stay tuned, Keith. I'm coming to you in Winter Garden next. Okay. Um, it says Bud is right, so I definitely want to hear from you. <laughs> Not but everybody else as well. Be, qu- be quick and clear and crisp because time will be of the essence. After that, the sound judgment game for Trans-Siberian Orchestra Christmas concert tickets on us here in Orlando don't call on sound judgment yet, but that's coming up in about 10 minutes. We'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I hate what white supremacist Richard Spencer stands for, but I do believe that his First Amendment rights were denied him yesterday when the crowd at the University of Florida just shouted him down in the most obscene way, and I don't care about that with him. I really don't, to the point where he really could not speak. So I think the First Amendment was a big loser yesterday. I'm not getting too many allies on this, but I may have found one in Winter Garden. Keith, you're on with the Bud Man. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Bud. How are you doing this morning? Fine, thank you. And you? Oh, my head's
4: exploding over this. I cannot yeah, believe me too. the calls you have had that have, have agreed with these spoiled little brats screaming this guy down when the fact is, is that... People saying that, oh, well, that he came into their environment. Number one, it's not their environment. It's the state's environment. And number two, it's the state, last time I checked, was a part of the United States, which also is underneath that same Constitution, that they had the right to say what they said. But they didn't have the right, it's called discourse. They didn't have the right to shout him down. They had the right to ignore him. They had the right to to debate him. They had the right to not show up. They had the right to even go and turn their back on him. You know, what would happen with the police officers in New York when they – didn't like what their their communist uh, governor did for the city of new york if they had not just turned their backs and shouted him down or said things they would probably have been expelled from the force and lose their pensions and all kinds of things Mm -hmm. we have got to stop this insanity of thinking that shouting people down is my constitutional right of free speech it is not
0: thank you keith i think you're absolutely right i couldn't have said it better myself text line incoming yafi what do you see
3: uh, Yeah, one person says this, says, whoever has the loudest voice wins. Is that the America we all want? Be careful what you wish for.
0: It is not what the founding fathers envisioned when they penned the First Amendment freedoms that we cherish. That's absolutely true. Anything I else? I
3: agree. Uh, One person says, uh, those grown babies are a disgrace. There was no one was allowed debate, no exchange of ideas. No one was able to prove anything. It was just noise.
0: There you go. Ken, you're Akoi. Your take on this. Welcome aboard. No winners. 1-0 no winners. The winners, not the Supremes, not the First Amendment, but the people won. The people, the majority of the people in that school won. That's the winner. This nation is of the people, by the people, and for the people. Thank you. That sounded like a recorded announcement, Yaffe.
3: <laughs> yeah, he did. Definitely had the voice for that. But I want to. <laughs> sa- I want to. Sa- I want to actually respond to what he said because what he said was collectivist mentality. It was well, the majority wants this, so that's what our country's about. The majority. No, yes, the majority puts people in government and represents them, but there's also something called individual rights. That's what this country's all about—not just majoritarianism. Not just mob rule, but people like him always spread that ideas and that's what happens.
0: Good take on it. Great debate here. We continue with our sound judgment game. Michael, I want you to clear the decks right now on all the Gainesville calls and open up the lines for contestants for the sound judgment prize. Trans Siberian Orchestra Christmas Concert tickets at the Amway Center. Great holiday tradition. You're going on us if you're our winner. You're only eligible, says the company and the folks I work for, if you have not won Sound Judgment in 30 days. Give others a chance if you've won more recently than that. 407 916 5400. 407 916 5400. We're playing Sound Judgment as we go out with some fun and games on a Friday morning. So, we say the best for last, arguably. It's our Daily Sound Judgment Game, and we've got a great prize people look forward to this time of year here on Good Morning Orlando. Michael, lay it out for us.
3: Well, I always say it's never too early to start planning for the holidays, and our winner today will get a nice little treat from us. It's a pair of tickets to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra's The Ghosts of Christmas Eve at the Amway Center on December 16th. Tickets for Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Winter Tour Tortuta- to. <laughs> Excuse me. What happened to you? 2017. Two. 2017 are on <laughs> sale now visit 540 wfla.com <laughs> keyword tickets for more info
0: you sit there Whew. quietly for three hours and then we ask you that's to rev right. it up you know
3: got to get me on the mic more you too many fired. t's and twos yeah and that's right. what it was
0: here we go let's play the game and by the way if you want these trans-siberian orchestra christmas concert tickets wait for a wrong answer if it's busy right now and call quickly at 407 916 5400 We're getting a little tight on time, so I'm going to simplify what I'm asking for here. For today's sound judgment game, we focus on a moment in the White House yesterday as President Trump posed a question to a prominent figure in the news of late. Listen to some sound from that exchange, then use your sound judgment to tell me who President Trump is talking with here.
5: Did the United States, did our government, when we came in, did we do a great job, military, first responders, FEMA. Did we do a great job? You responded immediately, sir.
0: All right. Who was the president talking to? Give me the title of that man who answered the president. Let's go to line one. Go ahead, line one. Line one, you're up. Uh, The governor of Puerto Rico. Yeah, there it is. Boy, I tell you what, I almost punched out when I didn't hear you. I didn't think you were still on the 50,000-watt front porch. Congratulations. You're our winner this morning. Uh, Thank you. That's awesome. Hey, have you uh, ever been to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Uh, No,
6: and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be just great. It's a great, great holiday tradition, great Christmas tradition here in Orlando. And if you'll give me your first name, I'll write you a nice little note of congratulations to accompany the tickets, okay?
6: Uh, This is Derek. Thank you. Derek? Yes.
0: Spell it, please. Uh, D-E-R-E-K. Got it. Okay. A couple of ways to spell that. I always like to try and get it right. It's the least we can do for one of our esteemed members of the Smartest Audience in Talk Radio. Eric, congratulations. You're going to the concert on us. Don't go away. You and Michael will talk it all over, off air, and we'll get this done for you, okay? Thank you. Yeah, good deal, and have a great weekend. Hey, you can have a great weekend if you like going to the movies. It's Free Movie Friday, thanks to Adam Tickets, and they want to give you a chance at free movie tickets. Here's the deal. Check out the Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone. It's amazing. And you skip the lines at the theater to boot. If you download the Atom Tickets app right now, they're giving new users five bucks off their first movie with the promo code RADIOVIP. Text RECORD, that's R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1. Now for your chance to win. Free movie friday you're gonna love it yaffe i'm looking forward my wife really wants to see this new movie about the uh the firefighters out west so timely with what's happened in california this this uh, only the brave is supposed to be fantastic looks good yeah yeah it really does opens this weekend and i think we're going to check that out we got a little uh grandkid um uh, fun halloween carnival too making a bunch of cool stuff for that we're gonna have a great weekend and of course Baseball playoffs, Yankees, go Yanks, and football all weekend long. That'll do it for, uh, for Deb and for Yaffe and for Michael, the Bud Man. Thanks for a great show. Have a great weekend. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.